We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Guilty as Charged podcast. This is Tyler and joining me as always are Jason and Steven. Jason, I'll start with you because I forgot you last time. Jason, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm feeling good. I <laughs> can't believe you forgot about me, but yeah, I'm feeling great, man. It's been a, it's been a great weekend and uh, really excited to look at all these mock drafts coming up right here. Steven? Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, it's been a really good weekend, recharge the batteries a little bit and uh, just watched a lot of film this weekend and did a lot of mock drafts, so I'm, I'm happy and excited for this episode as well. Yeah, you were watching a lot of film this weekend. You had something for like everybody this weekend. It was like I saw like Herbert, I saw Love, all sorts of stuff. So you were busy. Yeah, I was really interested in just kind of diving back into the Herbert versus Love debate because I ultimately I feel like that's going to be the decision as far as quarterbacks go. Um, so I'm going to do a little breakdown of, of them too, as well as Jake Fromm, who is continually disrespected and slept on. Um, this week I'm going to do a big Twitter breakdown on all the – quarterback options of you know that are in the chargers range yeah and on friday we'll have a revisited quarterbacks episode because i mean our what second episode was our quarterbacks episode so that's i mean it seems like a long time ago it's only february 7th or whatever but uh we'll have that out this friday after this episode so today is mostly going to be you listeners running the show you guys sent in your mock drafts we have 22 to go over uh but just a little bit of house cleaning before we get started uh, a couple of signings, or no, one signing, and then one meeting, a FaceTime. Uh, but we'll start with the signing. That is Darius Jennings, a wide receiver kick returner, most recently of the Tennessee Titans. A guy I didn't even know existed, and I should have because he absolutely murdered the Chargers in 2018 on kick returns. Uh, where is it here? 22 returns, 698 yards, for the average of 
It wasn't like this guy ripped off like three big runs and that's his average. It was consistently like 25, 30, 31, yeah. 37. I was like, holy cow. Um, so kick return there, that's a big deal. Um, some special teams play. He had a couple of deep balls thrown to him. He threw a pass to Marcus Mariota. So a little bit of everything. I'm kind of excited for this guy that I never even knew about. Uh, what about you guys? <laughs> yeah, I think it was a really good signing. I, I, I saw a lot of people pointing out that he was going to be like wide receiver three type competition. I don't think that. Um, I think he's probably going to push either Andre Patton or Jason Moore or, you know, if Dylan Cantrell is back, I think he's going to push one of them out and off the team. Um, I think mostly he's going to battle for a kick return, punt return type role. So, you know, I, I don't think Desmond King's going to do that anymore. I think he made a lot of bad decisions and regress in a big way. Plus he's going to be so important as a strong safety linebacker type role um, with Adrian Phillips moving on. So I think there's going to be an, an open competition with him, uh, Jennings that is, and Tromaine Pope, and maybe a guy that they draft to you know, kind of bring some juice on special teams. So, yeah, the first thing that stood out to me with uh, Darius Jennings is the Titans were almost consistently, every time he returned it, starting at like the 40-yard line, yeah. which is invaluable. It's a you huge know, you're talking about You're talking about the years of Travis Benjamin, where the Chargers, I would, it would seem like every drive or every other drive, they were starting at their own 10 or their own 5. It was just ridiculous, and Philip Rivers was always backed up and always in a bad position, and it would really hurt them, especially in games against the Rams. You know, where you got a good punter on the other side of the on the other side of the field that is just sending these these deep punts and backing this these offenses up on the five yard line, and you know when you got a returner that's not very good. No offense to Travis Benjamin, it's just. It's invaluable to have a returner that's going to take it back and uh, get something out of it to take your offense out of this hole that they've dug themselves into in the field position battle. Because special teams are so underrated for the reason of not just giving up big plays. You know, like oh, our special teams gives up big plays, so they suck. It's more than that. It's called a. It's called a like position battle. Like where are you going to be on the field if your yeah. offense isn't moving? Can your special teams pin that offense back so that they have a long drive to go? You know, if your own offense is on the two-yard line and now you got to punt it, well, now the other offense is going to start at, like, maybe even your your side of the field, like your 48, your 45-yard line. And, you know, if you get a good returner to keep your offense away from that two-yard backed-up position, well, now you, can, now you can win that field position battle. Now you can adjust, and, you know, it's just... It's nice to see that they're upgrading returner, even though Desmond King had a down year, like, but he's shown stuff as a returner. They're not going to ignore it. And because I feel like in the past, it's really a position that's been ignored. Like, oh, we have Nick Dezubnar, so we're fine. We have Adrian Phillips, so we're fine. And it wasn't really improved. They wouldn't go out and make special teams decisions because they liked their Jeremy Davis roles. They like Adrian Phillips and Austin Eckler on special teams, which is another thing. Now that Austin Eckler is now not able to play on special teams, Justin Jackson neither, now you kind of got to go and get guys to replace him. And I feel like Darius Jennings is maybe step one in going in and finding more special teams depth. Nick Vigil might even find himself in special teams. So we'll see how the moves going forward, but I really like Darius Jennings. I really like what he offered to the Titans, and I think it's going to be, again, I've said this word a couple of times, invaluable to be able to keep this offense not pinned back, especially with a, a new starter under center in Tyrod Taylor. You don't want your Tyrod Taylor offense backed up. You want to give Tyrod Taylor a room 
to scramble behind the line of scrimmage, room to use his mobility. If you're backed up, you can't do that with Tyrod Taylor. So it's going to be very, very important for Darius Jennings to to keep up what he showed in Tennessee. Now, we've had a lot of returners that haven't done that. You know, you could think of J.J. Jones, Jacoby Jones, and it's Travis Benjamin. And it's been a <laughs> lot of bad times, right? It's, it's, been a, it's been a hard time for the Chargers to go and find a consistent returner. You know, I thought I thought JJ Jones was it, and then Travis Benjamin coached him or something, and it all went to crap. <laughs> yeah, you know, especially with a guy like Tyrod, like you mentioned, you know, he's a quote unquote game manager, right? So, part of managing that game and managing the how the game goes is managing field position. So, um, you want your offense to be in positive field position and your defense to be in positive field position as well. So, you want to have the ability to sustain drives, and they have the ability to. Um, open up with good field position. And so having a guy like Darius Jennings is going to be really, uh, really valuable. And like I said, you know, worst case scenario here is that Charming Pope kind of beats him out of a job. Um, upside is that you get this guy that comes in and averages 30 yards or whatever it is uh, per kickoff return. So it's a good value, low risk, high reward. So I really like it. Yeah, I love it. Career average is 27.7 yards per kick return. I'll take it. It's better than 25. All right, the next thing is the Chargers reportedly met with Oklahoma State corner A.J. Green. He had a pre-draft visit meeting over FaceTime with the Chargers on Thursday. There are way too many players in this draft with names that are NFL players. There's like a Lamar Jackson, there's an A.J. <laughs> yeah. Green. It's really irritating. So I got a little more excited for the, the words in this tweet before I realized what it was. Anyway, guys, <laughs> tell me what, uh, you guys, what you guys think about him. So first, uh, first off, I do like AJ Green. I, I don't love him. I don't think he's going to be a guy going in like the first three rounds. I think he, ultimately he's going to be a day three corner. Um, so that kind of shows uh, Tom Telesco's hand a little bit. Maybe he's targeting some day three type corners. Um, but honestly, like I think, you know, with the worst case scenario here is that you have some competition for Michael Davis if you do go that route with um, AJ Green. I do think they're pretty similar as players. Um, both are kind of man-to-man specialists and just kind of rely on their their length and athleticism to, athleticism to make plays. So um, I, I I would like A.J. Green just because I think Michael Davis needs some competition. I, I don't want uh, Michael Davis and Brandon Faison to be the only options, the opposite of Casey Hayward. So, I, you know, I think this is a good uh, a good sign that they're thinking about the cornerback position at least. So, I mean – in terms of AJ Green specifically, I like AJ Green, the corner, of course. Um, I like the receiver too, but obviously not excited, not not as excited for cornerback AJ Green as I would be receiver AJ Green. But he doesn't. He wasn't what I would think the Chargers would go after. If that makes sense, I would think more that they would go after a Troy Pride, who we don't really know whether he's going like. He could be a round two guy. He could be a round four guy. We just don't know yeah. with Troy Pride. So, um, or a Bryce Hall, who again is like that kind of, you don't know, was he going round two or round four? And I feel like A.J. Green fits that bill because A.J. Green, I've seen him get a lot, a lot of attention, you know, and he seems like one of those players where you're thinking he's going to be there in day three, and then all of a sudden some club decides, you know what, well, he's worth the 39th pick in the draft. And then they take AJ Green, 39th pick of the draft. And now you're like, well, there goes a lot of corner depth. You know, it, it happens all the time. If you think of Pittsburgh taking, I believe it was Terrell Edmonds, the safety, who everybody thought he was going to be like a fourth or fifth round guy. 
and boom, the Steelers took him at the back, like back into the first round. And you're just like, what, what's going on there? It always happens. It always yeah. happens. And so AJ Green, AJ Green is a guy I feel like could be as high as the second round. I would be comfortable taking him somewhere three through five in that range. Even three might be a little rich, but it just I think that's where his value is going to be. Now, Green in terms of scheme fit and why I said it I don't see like why the Chargers would go after him specifically is you're talking about I've already mentioned this, but Troy Pride, who is better in off coverage. You know, you'd think they look for a guy who's better in off coverage. So because at this point, I'm wondering if they're going to a man scheme. It almost makes you wonder, are they comfortable now with going to a man coverage scheme? Uh, sorry, scheme. And the key, the key reason there is that they moved Desmond King to safety and they brought in Chris Harris. And so it has me wondering, is there a specific thing they're going for here? Do they want to go more cover one? Do they want to go more cover two man? Is this something that they're aiming for? And them looking at A.J. Green makes me think so. Because huh. Casey Hayward, we know, especially when he was playing against DeAndre Hopkins in Houston this year, he can play man corner still. He can do yeah, it. And he's really good at it. Now you've got Chris Harris in the slot who said he's going to go back to his roots. The Chargers want him to do what he's best at. He's best at covering man man coverage in the slot. That's what he's best at. He's really good at it. Now, he can play zone, of course, but I'm just saying, like, in terms of what they're going for here, it almost feels like they want to go to more man coverage. Like, cover three isn't working all the time as it used to. They don't have, like, the... Uh, maybe they other teams have it pegged, uh, but... Maybe they don't have the linebackers they need for it anymore. Who knows? Um, at this point, it just looks like they're going for a specific time of type of corner that fits the man coverage they want to move to. So, I mean, if you think about it, A.J. Green, Casey Hayward, Chris Harris, and then Desmond King matching up against a running back or a tight end, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. And you can roll with that 100%. And so... If that's the way they're going, which kind of seems to be that seems to be it to me. If I'm just outside looking in, that's what it feels like almost. So I, I mean, it's an interesting visit, visit for sure. Like, I'm curious to know what they're trying to build here. All right, let's move on to your mock drafts. Like I said, we have 22 of these. I'm sorry if we did not include yours. I think there were 35 or something like that. Some of you guys sent in more than one, uh, so we're not going to do all of them. I apologize. Uh, pretty simple. We're going to go through each one in the order that I have them sitting right here. Uh, we're going to talk about it. You know, they're going to, uh, Jason and Steven are give their thoughts on the whole thing. And then a little bit of a grade at the end, if they can. Um, that's it. So let's just jump into it. The first one is from Kaysen. And Kaysen has two here. Oh, by the way, some of you guys did not send in your thought process for some of these. So I kind of have to guess um, where you moved from and to and whatnot. So the first one from Kaysen has Tua at three. So obviously you moved up there. Then no pick at 37, so I'm assuming you used that one. At 71, Cam Akers, running back, 151, Antonio Gandy-Golden. 186, Dane Jackson, corner. And at 220, Tyree Phillips, interior offensive line. Guys, what do you think? So um, he did send us a second one as well. Um, really, just right off the bat, you can kind of see what he's thinking. Um, he really likes taking a running back in the third round. 
Um, in both of them, he took Antonio Gandy Golden, and then he took a cornerback late. So you can kind of see what he's valuing overall. Um, I kind of like the first one because you're trading up to get Tua, and I really like Tua. He's my guy in this draft. Um, but the rest of the picks, I just I don't like them. Um, take it when, especially when you trade up to get Tua, you lose that second round pick. You know, it's really crucial to hit a position of need in, at pick number 71. And running back just is simply not a position of need, in my opinion. So while I like Cam Akers, um, I hate taking a running back in this situation. Um, I do like Antonio Gandy Golden, but he is very similar to Mike Williams. I don't think this offense needs another Mike Williams. I think they need a burner or a slot guy. Um, I like Dane Jackson. That's a good pick at 186. He's a corner that. Uh, could come in and fit right away. And then Tyree Phillips, I think he's a decent interior offensive line. Um, so I don't hate this draft, but I don't really like it either. Yeah, this the first one you got on here is not my favorite. So there's going to be a couple reasons why it's not my favorite. For for one, um, Tua, if, if they do move up to three, that's fine. I don't think it's going to happen. And if it does happen, they're going to give up a lot more than what's listed here, which is looks to be a second and a fourth is what I'm seeing here that's given up. Yeah. And so if you if you move up to three and only have to give up your second and fourth, I mean, you win, but this, <laughs> it's not going to happen. No. I, I like that aspect. But then taking, like as Steven said, taking Cam Akers in the third doesn't really, it's not filling a position of need. And, you know, I'd, I'd understand, like in the other one, you took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the third round. Well, that's a good pick because then you're getting value there. I could see Cam Akers being in the third round. I can't see Edwards Hilaire being in the third round. So there it's yeah. just good value. You're taking a really good back with that pick. So I, I understand there. Now, back to your first draft, which is the one we're on about right now. Antonio Gandy-Golden isn't really a receiver that they need right now. And no. we've talked about this a few times in previous episodes with guys like Michael Pittman and stuff like that. It's just... I know I know fans like them, but they're not they're not a fit for what the Chargers need right now. The Chargers need speed and they need separation outside of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And so Antonio Gandy Golden doesn't really fit that build. And I know I also don't like Antonio Gandy Golden's hands. I think they're in, extremely inconsistent. But if you're talking about wanting to going a wanting to go get a 50-50 specialist, Antonio Gandy Golden is a is a really good receiver. And then with Dane Jackson and Tyree Phillips, those are just mainly depth pieces. I don't think either of those two would start, but they'd be they'd be good depth pieces to go get. How about a grade? <laughs> so I, I'll because I really really like Tua. He's my guy. Like I mentioned, I'll I'll give this a C plus. D. <laughs> I don't <laughs> All like right. it. Great start, Kason. Thanks for sending in your mock draft. Well, give him the second one. He has another one. Well, <laughs> we okay, we want to cover both of them. All right, the second one I think is. One I'd be a little bit more happy with. So no trades, I believe. Just straight up, Isaiah Simmons at 6. Jordan Love all the way at 37. Thought it's going to happen, but hey, you know. 71, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 112. Jabari Zuniga, 151. John Simpson, interior offensive line. 186, like Steven said, Gandy Golden again. And at 220, Levert Hill, corner. So you guys like this one more, obviously. So this one, yeah, obviously this one's a little bit better because you're getting an elite athlete, an elite prospect at 6. And then Jordan Love at 37, I think that there is a 1% chance that happens. I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's very nearly impossible that he's there at 37. Um, I like I like Clyde Edwards-Elair. 
Uh, Jabari Zuniga in the fourth round, I don't really like that. This edge rusher class is awful, so I'm avoiding the edge rusher class at all costs, in my opinion. Um, I like John Simpson. I think John Simpson would be a really good pick. And then again, Antonio Gany-Golden, don't like the fit at all. Um, I do like Levert Hill. I think he's a better player than Dane Jackson is, so I I do like that pick in the seventh round. Um, But I'm going to give this another C+. I, I just don't really like the thought process that's going on here. So I love Isaiah Simmons at six, but you know, as I talked about last week, I believe with Desmond King going to safety, I don't see Isaiah Simmons being a huge fit here because Desmond King is going to kind of have that role. And I mean, when you talk about replacing Desmond King or replacing Michael Davis or replacing Tyrod Taylor, there's a clear better player than out of that three, which is obviously Tyrod Taylor. I mean, it's Desmond King. (laughs) So I don't know about that one. I would love Isaiah Simmons. I don't think he's a true Mike backer though, or a will backer. I don't like him as a pure linebacker. I don't like that. I think it's okay, but it it would limit a lot of what he does best, which is man coverage and versatility. So I don't know about that. Now, Jordan Love at 37, of course I love it. That's my that's like my dream scenario, guy. right, yeah. is getting Jordan Love by, by any means necessary. So in theory, he's there at 37, or they trade back into the first to get him, whatever the case may be there. Um, the, the point is, is that he took him next. I like that because then you're getting your quarterback. I like Edward Hilaire because of the value. Zuniga, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, John Simpson, I really like John Simpson actually late. Gandy Golden, same thing as last time, but now you're getting him around later. So I, I like it a little bit more, but at the same time, you're still not getting a receiver that this offense needs, which is a burner. And then Levert Hill, I like Levert Hill a lot more for our scheme than Dane Jackson. I just think Levert Hill fits a lot better. So I like this one a lot better. I'd give this one a, a B minus. I, I like it. But uh, Isaiah Simmons, I just don't think with Desmond King moving to safety that it would be the best fit. I just think versatility is the strongest suit, and they don't need that versatility anymore at this point. Next up is Brady, and Brady says this is his favorite mock draft he's done. Uh, the reason for, and I'll talk about this in a second, Tua being at 6 is because Miami took Werfs at 5 and then Herbert at 18. And then Hamler seems like a match made in heaven for the Chargers offense. Let's go over it real fast. Like I said, Tua at 6. KJ Hamler, wide receiver at 37. Prince Tego Bonogo at 71. I don't know how to say these names. Tyler Biadaz, interior offensive line at 112. Javelin Guidry, corner at 151. Joshua Kelly, running back 186. And Benjamin Victor, wide receiver at 220. Okay. So I love this one, actually. Even though it's yeah. Tua and not love, I actually love this one because if you can get Tua at six, you win. That's perfect. Get Tua yeah. at six. Personally, you guys know Jordan Love is my number one guy. That's my QB one. You guys know that. But if two is their guy, go get him. That's kind of been my my stance. And uh, I, I'd still be excited about Tua. He offers the mobility you want. He has the he has the special playmaking ability. With the second pick, you've got KJ Hamler, which what I was talking about in the draft before. You need that burner, and KJ Hamler is far more than a burner, guys. He's a playmaker. He has good routes. He's a, like a raw talent. He doesn't have that much starting experience, and he's already this good. I just really like K.J. Hamler, and I really like what he brings to the table. And he plays way bigger than he is. I think he's only like 5'9", 5'10", or something like that. He plays way bigger than that. He has really good vertical ball skills. 
And uh, there's a couple of things he needs to work on, of course. I think his, I think he needs to be able to use the frame he does have because you've got to just try that much harder when you have a small frame. You've got to try that much harder to be able to to really keep defenders away from being able to make a play on the ball. So that separation needs a little more work there, but I love this pick. Um, even in the second round, I know a lot of people would rather take like an Austin Jackson and tackle in the second round. I love KJ Ham- Hamler at 37. That's not too rich for me. I'm okay with it. Then you've got Prince Tega, Wanogo, and Tyler Biedaz back-to-back. Beautiful. Beautiful. Those two are really good. Um, I would swap those even because I think Tega Wanogo might be available in the fourth round. I don't think Tyler Biedaz would be available in the fourth round. I don't even know if Tyler Biedaz is going to be available in the second round, but he's there. You took him, so that's good job. And um, then you've got Javelin Gidry, not Gidry, Gidry. <laughs> And then you got Whatever. Josh Kelly and then Benjamin Victor. I like I like two of those three. I don't like Joshua Kelly. Oh, man. Um, just because I don't think the value there, like I talked about value with Edward Hilaire, it's just because like he's such a good talent. I think he's a first-round talent. So the fact that he's there in the third round, I'd be okay with it. Joshua Kelly is an undrafted guy for me. So I don't like him being drafted at all because I don't think running back is a need at all. Now with Gidry, you're getting a really speedy corner who's going to be able to have the quick tit, the quick twitch and mm. athleticism available. And um, Steven's laughing because I almost said something else. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> um, he has the quick twitch available and the athleticism and the reactions. And that's a big thing here, the reactions necessary to when you're playing in that cover three scheme to be able to jump a route. And so I was talking to Steven and Tyler earlier about one of Casey Hayward's first interceptions as a charger against DeAndre Hopkins when um, when he was able to close in on the outs- the outbreaking route. Even though he was in a cover three, he like adjusted for it and was able to keep up with DeAndre Hopkins and then the closing speed to finish and get the interception. That's key there, and Gidry has that athleticism 100%. And then you got Benjamin Victor, and I like him because he's basically T. Higgins, but you don't have to spend a second-round pick on him. And I actually think Victor is better. And so I like that value there. I like taking another receiver later, even though you already took Hamler, because this receiver room definitely needs the the different versatility there. They need the different guys that specialize in different things. It's not a deep rumor right now at all, so I like that pick. And I think Victor would be a good addition to Mike Williams as a 50-50 guy. You know, in goal line situations, get those two out there on the wings. Which one are you going to cover? You don't know. Um, one of those two will catch a 50-50 ball in the, in the end zone. So I like this draft a lot. I see what you're going for. And I, 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 there's not a pick on here I don't like, except for Joshua Kelly, of course. <laughs> yeah, so I actually do like Joshua Kelly. So I, I love this draft. Um, and it does bring up a, a really interesting point because, you know, with all this COVID-19 situation going on on teams not really being sure how the medical situation is on players like I think that Tua being there at six is a little more realistic than it was previously because of that fact so I could see the Dolphins saying you know what we have three first round picks we don't need to take a chance on Tua we can take whoever we think is the best player available in this situation worse and then you take a guy like Herbert or Jordan Love you know at 18 so I think this is a little bit more realistic uh, than people think. I don't think it's super realistic. I think it's probably like a 20% chance that um, he would be there at six. Um, other than that, you know, I really love this. I love KJ Hamler. I think he's exactly what the Chargers need from a wide receiver three. 
He can play in the slot. He can play outside, and he's just a burner. Um, and then Prince Tega Wanogo, I think that is really, I think that's really good because you have an upgrade at depth, and you have an even playing field of competition for left tackle. Um, you know, you have Trey Pipkins, you have Prince Tega Wanogo. Either of them could really and realistically win that position. I think they're both right on the same level. Um, Jason mentioned be it as we all, all three of us really like him. And then Javelin Guidry, you know, he played exclusively in the nickel at Utah, but that's because Utah really values the nickel position. And especially in the PAC 12, where you have guys like Amon Ross St. Brown and, um, other guys who, um, work out of the slot. They really value that nickel cornerback. And that's where he played there. Um, obviously he's a great athlete. He ran a four, two, seven, or, or I think that's it. a four, two, seven. Um, he's a great athlete. He's done really well in track and field. So I have no doubt that he could switch to the outside cornerback position and, and give Mike Davis a run for his money as well. And then, you know, Joshua Kelly, Benjamin Victor, those are guys that we both talked about on our own mock draft episode. And I really like Joshua Kelly and Benjamin Victor. So I, I would give this an A. This would be an A for me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. About an A, maybe a B plus. I like it. Nice. Jeez, Jason, I want to figure out what the heck an A is for you, but all right. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Maybe the next one, because this next one is freaking mental gymnastics here. This next one's from Chris, and he says he was sitting at six, and Tua and Okuda are still there. But Dallas offered their first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and another fifth to move up. Whoa. So let's just, let's just, whatever. I don't know why they're doing that, but okay. Uh, let's go over it. So just follow along. There are, what is this, 12 picks? I can't count. 11 picks. So here we go. <laughs> uh, all right. First round, pick 17. They get, they get Tua. Which is Somehow. super going to happen for sure. All right. And then their first pick in round two, Neville Gallimore, defensive lineman. Their second pick in the second round, Isaiah Wilson. Here we go. Round three, they get Michael Ojemudia, then Adam Troutman, tight end, and then Cam Akers, their last pick in the third round. And in the fourth round, they get, hey, look, Nitain Muti. I know him. Well, I don't know him. Steven does, but whatever. And then <laughs> their next pick in the fourth round, they got wide receiver KJ Hill. Then in the fifth round, they pick up linebacker Cam Brown. Sixth round, they get offensive tackle Trey Adams. And their pick in the seventh round, they get Shaheem Carter. I, I assume Close so. Enough? I assume, what, yeah. What the hell? I mean, like, I appreciate <laughs> the creativity. Like, this is, like, someone spent a lot of time doing this. But um, I I would give this a negative 1,000% chance of happening. Like, they're, <laughs> like, they're, like I mentioned, Tua could possibly fall to six. There is not a world where Tua Tagovailoa falls to pick seventeen. Like that's just not happening. Um, I like Neville Gallimore. That's a good pick. Isaiah Wilson in round two is a, is a big reach in my opinion. So is OJ Moody in round three. I like Adam Troutman. Like that's a good pick. And if you have twelve picks, like sure, go get a, a tight end since you have three third round picks. Um, Cam Akers. I like Cam Akers. I don't know if that's a big enough need. Um, love Nite Mute. Love him. I think that would be an awesome fit. Uh, KJ Hill, uh, I don't, I wouldn't hate that fit since he's a slot guy. I don't really like it since he's not really a speed slot guy, uh, like KJ Hamler or Devin Duvernay is, for example. Um, Cam Brown, round five, that's really rich in my opinion. Trey Adams, I want zero part of Trey Adams. He has been ruined by injuries. I, I don't think he's going to be an NFL player at all. And Shaheen Carter, I've never heard of him. So props for the creativity. I just don't think that there's any chance that this kind of situation happens. I could see them trading back, but not to 17 and not to grab Tua. Like maybe you trade back to 17 and you grab Jordan Love. I think that's realistic. 
But if you if you if they trade back, it's gonna be to like with the Raiders or with someone that has multiple first round picks and wants to move up and get a quarterback. Like I just don't think this is gonna happen very much, and I don't really like the picks, so I'll give this a C minus. Is nobody going to question that Dallas offered their first, second, third, fourth, and fifth? <laughs> I think we're questioning a little bit. Two fifths. I don't dude. know. Who do they fifths. want is my question. Well, and it looks like, like there was a second trade here, too, because it says round two pick 14 and not round two pick seven. Okay. So there had to have been a second trade here because they get three third mm. round picks. So I'm I don't really so, know what happened here. I'm so confused. I'll just roll with it. <clears throat> I mean, this is that's impressive. If you can, if you can get five picks from Dallas, then go for it, man. But <laughs> yeah, I, you win the draft right there, I guess. Yeah, you won. Um, Tua at seventeen is obviously great, fantastic. I can't hold on. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Just run through it so, quick, man. Just go through it quick. Tua, great. Gallimore, eh. With uh, Linval Joseph, I don't think that's a huge need, especially not in the second round. I like Neville Gallimore. They met with Neville Gallimore, so obviously they they value him at least somewhat. So I could see it happening. I just wouldn't be a huge fan of it. I give that pick maybe like a C. Um, Isaiah Wilson in round two, I actually like. I think Isaiah Wilson is going to get taken way earlier than people think as soon as the top of round or like it, as soon as the end of round one. So I think that's a possibility. I wouldn't be mad at Isaiah Wilson there. I think Isaiah Wilson, you can develop him into into what you need at the position. And I like the tools there. Michael Oyemudia, fantastic fit for our scheme. I just think that's a little rich, but I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. complain if they got him in the third round at all. Adam Troutman is a beast. Third round is a good place for him. Cam Akers is a good is a good place for him at round three, especially if you have 20 picks. Um <laughs> Nitain Muti, fantastic in the round four. KJ Hill, I'm not super high on him, but he separates well, so that's that's okay. I'd rather get a burner, as I've been saying, than than uh, than a guy that's more of a between the hashes kind of guy in KJ Hill, which is I think where he'd get most of his most of his receptions is hash to hash. I don't necessarily think you're getting a somebody to take the top off the defense. Cam Brown out of Penn State is. That's a that's a player. I don't know who, but he's a player. Um, Trey Adams. I feel like Trey Adams is going to be kind of like an Orlando Brown situation, where he's actually better than he is at, than he's thought to be at this point. Like Orlando Brown tested awful at the combine, but he's probably the best tack, one of the best tackles in his class. So I think Trey Adams will be somewhere around there where he should probably still be like a third, fourth round pick, but instead people have him as far as undrafted. So I actually don't mind Trey Adams in round six. Shaheem Carter, I actually don't like at all. I've I watched film on him recently, and um, I'm just I'm not a very big fan of Carter. I don't think he has the. I mean, as a round seven guy, I'd be okay with it, I guess, but. I don't see the development or the fit there. So, I mean, obviously this is an amazing draft because you have... Because you have 12 picks. You have 11 picks, and you you now have a lot of spots that need to be filled. you're, You're good to go. So, I mean, there's a couple players I'm not the biggest fan of, but you have 11 players here, so the other guys I'm a fan of, so... I mean, in theory, this is an A. This is an A, but 
it's not going to happen. Yeah, well, and he starts it out sitting at six. Tua and Okuda are still there. If either of those two are there at six, you take one of them. Like uh, Jeffrey Okuda, mm-hmm. we've talked about him a bunch. He's the best corner we've seen in a very long time. And I think Tua Tonga-Willow is an elite quarterback prospect. So I like that he ends up with him at 17. But if you're sitting at six and Tua and Okuda or Tua and Simmons are there, you take one and you move, and you move on. Even if they offer you 42 draft picks? Yes. Well, I mean, that's kind of the thing, though, is you just got five picks from Dallas. <laughs> Dallas just offered their entire draft. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Dallas, Dallas doesn't have take? cap space. So like, Dallas, Dallas needs cap space, I guess. But, like, five first round, <laughs> five picks for moving up from 17 to six. Like, I am so curious. Chris, please at me on Twitter and tell me who Dallas took with the sixth pick. Please, I'm to replace dying to know. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Byron Jones, you mean? Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's that's a possibility. Like Dallas trade. I mean, it's not a possibility. Dallas is not going to trade everything they own to go get Okuda, <laughs> and the Chargers are probably not going to move from six to seventeen unless Dallas gives up their entire draft. So this is really interesting. Actually, I want to. I want somebody to try this just to see. Like, I want I want the Chargers to get on the phone with Dallas right now and be like, hey. <laughs> Hey, give us everything, and you can have it. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to our next one. This one's from Riley, and Riley's actually the guy who named the podcast. So what's up, Riley? Uh, this one's a little more traditional, and believe it or not, guys, guess what? Everyone's trying to take Tua at six, so here we are. At six, Tua, 37, Austin Jackson, 71, Bryce Hall. At one t- what the 112, we get Thaddeus Moss. At 151, Isaiah Hodgins, 186, Francis Bernard. And at 220, Benjamin Victor. He says... Tua, I'd like to thank the Bengals for taking Chase Young and throwing everything off. Jackson was good value at a position of need, and I like Bryce Hall enough for pick 71. Moss here may be a little bit of a reach, but he makes plays even with the par I'm signing. Give me depth. What do you guys think? A. I like it. I give it an A. Um, So, again, Tua at six. He's a good quarterback. Go get him. Austin Jackson in the second round. You got a good developmental guy who has all the athletic tools. I think he needs a little bit of development. I think... Uh, Bryce Hall in the third round is amazing. I still think he's a top three corner in this class. Thaddeus Moss in the fourth, even though with Parham, you're getting more of a Virgil Green with Thaddeus Moss. So I think the Donald Parham signing doesn't do doesn't change anything there. If you want to go get Thaddeus Moss, you're going to get him anyway because he's more of a blocker. So I mean, they're they're, they're basically two different positions if you if you really want to think about it like that. And, I mean, Thaddeus Moss still does offer receiving potential, more so than Virgil Green does in that aspect anyway. Um, Isaiah Hodgins is a good one. I like his route running. I like his separation skills. I don't think he's the fastest guy. I don't know what he ran. Um, I imagine he's like a 4-4 guy, like 4-5 maybe, somewhere late 4-4, early 4-5 kind of guy. I don't know for sure. I'd have to look that up. Francis Bernard, I think that's a really good fit. I love Francis Bernard. So I really like him at, in the sixth round. And then Benjamin Victor, we've already talked about him. The Chargers have met with him, and he's a good 50-50 guy. So I like this draft a lot, actually. I really like it. Yeah, I like it a lot as well. Um, I don't love the Thaddeus Moss pick just because Jason mentioned he's more of a Virgil Green type. Um, and Isaiah Hodgins and Benjamin Victor, I like both of them a lot. Um, but taking both of those guys feels a little bit redundant to me. Um, Victor works over the middle a lot and he works in the red zone a lot. And so does Isaiah Hodgins. So, um, I think if you're going to double down on receivers, you want to get two guys that are different. You want to get 
maybe a, a guy like Victor in the seventh, like that's fine. But in the round five, you want to get a guy that's more of a burner or more of a slot guy. So I think that's just a little bit off where I, I would like that. But I would still give this an A just because I think you're getting really good players. You're getting good value at every single round. Um, and you're getting to us. So you're getting your franchise quarterback. So um, I'll give this an A as well. Now I have nice. a question for both of y'all real quick. Okay. Did I just say y'all? Oh, y'all. no. I try to hide that. I try to hide it. I actually say That's y'all. Central California. It's all good. Um, I try to hide it from you guys, but I actually say y'all way too much. Um, <laughs> why do fans really, really believe that the Chargers need to add another 50-50 type receiver, like somebody who could go get a jump ball? Because it just seems to be the the popular thing is let's go get Michael Pittman, let's go get Isaiah Hodgins, let's go get Victor. Um, I'm, I just really don't understand, and then Gandy Golden as well, I don't understand why people think, maybe they're intrigued with how Mike Williams has played out. Like Mike Williams mm-hmm. had a really good year last year in terms of like yards per reception and stuff like that. Is that it? I don't like the thought of getting another guy who is basically Mike Williams but not as good. I just well, maybe I don't they like just. That. I'm gonna try to answer this question. No offense. And now, listen, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but maybe they just don't know. Maybe they just think like, oh, like this is a good player that I'm seeing in this round, so I'll just take him. And the only one that I see really like really getting moved up there is Pittman. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I've I've heard a couple people say it's a potential replacement for Keenan Allen eventually. Oh. Um. No. So I. I, I don't know. I really don't know how to answer your question, to be honest. Of the 50-50 guys, like the jump ball guys, I think Michael Pittman probably has a highest ceiling because he does show enough fluidity and speed where he could develop into more than just a jump ball guy. But Antonio Gandy-Golden, I, I have no confidence that he's going to be anything more than just a red zone jump ball guy. And same with, to a smaller extent, Benjamin Victor or T. Higgins. Like, I just think that people look at Mike Williams yard per catch last year and think, Oh, we don't need a burner because Mike Williams is the burner. So I think That's there's a, a bit, point. a little, there's a bit of a little confusion as far as which role of who's going to play what, but I think Mike Williams did a lot as far as a vertical threat this past year, because they didn't have another vertical threat. Like he had to do it. But I think ideally with Mike Williams or work, you're working him deep. You're working him over the middle. You're working him with posts or crossers. I think Mike Williams is a lot more versatile than what he has shown. I just think that he's been forced into this deep set role because they didn't have anyone else last year. So I think ideally you want, if you're addressing receiver in this draft, you want someone that can play in the slot and separate and, and give you some deep ball field, deep field. Oh my gosh. Deep speed. Excuse me. Um, like Devin Duvernay, I think would be a perfect fit because he's a slot guy, exclusively a slot guy, but he is so fast. It works downfield. You can do many different things with him. And that allows Keenan Allen to play outside. Or you get a guy like KJ Hamler who can do a bit of everything and just burns the field. Brandon Ayuk fits in that situation as well. Uh, Denzel Mims is another great guy. You want someone that can be a speed guy. Like the Chargers need speed. Mike Williams is fast, but he's not like a burner. Like, you're trying to replace Tyrell Williams, really, is what the the team needs right now. All right, well, let's talk about replacing Tyrell Williams with Diego's draft, and he found a quarterback a different way as well. He goes like Isaiah Simmons at 6, 37 against Denzel Mims. That would be huge. At 71, this was, if it's not Tua, it tends to be this guy at 71 that I see a lot. That's Jalen Hurts, 112, Thaddeus Moss, 151, Jordan Elliott, interior defensive line, 186, Muhammad Barry, linebacker. And at 220, Reggie Robinson, the second at corner. So we've talked about this idea a little bit of 
building a team now around Tyrod where that he would have enough pieces around him that he could be ultra successful. So really what that means is you take the best player available at six and you take the best player available at 37. And then you kind of just hope that a guy like Jalen hurts falls to you in the third. Um, so this is a really good situation. And in that scenario, um, you know, Jason already talked about Isaiah Simmons. The fit there isn't great, but if he's the best player available, like I'll, by all means take him. And then all three of us really like Denzel Mims. He's a perfect fit for what this offense needs. I like taking Jalen Hurts because then you give Tyrod Taylor more players, more pieces around him. And you can let Jalen Hurts, who is very comparable to Tyrod Taylor in skill set, in athleticism, in character, and all that, um, sit for two years and develop behind him. So I really like that. Um, I like Jordan Elliott. I like Mohamed Barry. I like Reddy Robinson. So this gives me uh, – this is a good draft. I'll give it a solid B+. Plus. So, yeah, again, with the Isaiah Simmons at six, with Desmond King and Chris Harris moving the way they have, I'm I'm just not sold on that pick anymore. I don't think he's a pure linebacker. I don't think they need the versatility from him anymore with Desmond King back there. So, I mean, to, to draft Simmons instead of like an Okuda or somebody like that or your quarterback of the future, I don't get it. But I still can't deny how insanely freakishly athletic Isaiah Simmons is I mean you could play him at free safety if you want I don't care get him on the field so if you take him at six I'm I'm ecstatic still I just don't know about the fit there but again you could play him wherever you want so maybe they just build the most versatile defense in NFL history and just you know have Isaiah Simmons and Derwin James playing edge sometimes who who cares do it um Denzel Mims in the second round, I love. I was pounding the table for that in our last mock draft. Sorry. I really like Denzel <laughs> Mims. I think Denzel Mims, I honestly, if I was the Niners at pick 13, I think they're at now, I would take Denzel Mims with pick 13. That's how high I am on him. I think he's the best receiver in this draft um, over the Jerry Judys and CeeDee Lamb um, over them. Denzel Mims is the best receiver in this draft. So I love that pick in the second round. I don't think he's even there in the second round at this point. I think his I think his ceiling for where he's going to be drafted is in that low teens range at this point. He just showed way too much of the combine. He shows so many good things on tape. And like you're talking about your Tyrell Williams replacement. Denzel Mims is Tyrod or Tyrell Williams on steroids. So yeah, that's perfect. Jalen Hurts in the third round. I have my questions about Hurts. I really do. Um, fantastic poise. Like he, he does, he did just blatant disregard to pressure. He doesn't care. Like he'll, he'll deliver under pressure every single time you put a guy in his face. That's three feet taller than him. He's probably still going to make the throw. So that's awesome about him, but it's to the point where it's scary (laughs) because you'll have pressure closing in on him. Heavy. You'll have three guys closing in on him and he still holds, he's still holding the ball, acting like he's just kicking back in a recliner in the backyard, umbrella over him. (laughs) sipping a margarita or something that's how he acts man and it terrifies me sometimes just like dude run run and he just doesn't he's just cool he's chill so it scares me a little bit man uh and he does hold the ball way too long sometimes similar to tyrod taylor in buffalo actually to where sometimes he would just hold the ball too much now i will say in jalen hurts defense i do not like oklahoma's receivers nearly as much as everybody else does I do not think he had nearly the weapons that everybody thinks he did. And so I kind of give him a break there. I don't think his receivers were all that good at separating. So, I mean, I know everybody loves CeeDee Lamb. I don't. But um, that's kind of my defense of Jalen Hurts is I don't think he had the weapons everybody thinks he does. 
Um, Thaddeus Moss in the fourth, and then Jordan Elliott in the fifth. I like both those picks. Um, a tight end is a need, especially we don't know what's going to happen with Hunter Henry. I have a feeling they're going to extend him. They've, that's what they've been talking about all offseason is we want to extend Henry. We want to extend Henry. So imagining that they do that, you still need more depth at tight end because Donald Parham is still kind of an unknown as an NFL talent. I like his potential, but you don't know yet. And then Virgil Green is getting up there in age, and he's a pure blocking tight end. So Thaddeus Moss, I wouldn't mind it. Jordan Elliott, I love it. I love Jordan Elliott. Out of, I believe he's out of Missouri, right? Jordan Elliott's out of Missouri, or is it Michigan? I get the two mixed up all the time. Okay, it's Missouri. So I love Jordan Elliott. Um, I think he'd compliment the guys we have really well. And then Muhammad Barry, I have no idea who that is. Reggie Robinson, I have no idea who that is. So I'll just say thumbs up, good job. I give this, I give this draft a solid B. Awesome. All right, let's move on to the next one from Trevor. And Trevor, what am I looking at? Wait, what happened to the other one? Anyway, ignore me. All right, number six. Guess what? He takes Tua. And at 37, he takes Austin Jackson. And at 71, another offensive tackle, Isaiah Wilson. 112, Zach Moss running back. Then Devin Duvernay. Then there's Lamar Jackson at 186, corner. And at 220, TJ Brunson, linebacker. Love it. I love it. I love all the picks here. I love that you doubled down at offensive tackle. I mean, with Brian Bulaga, everybody kind of assumes go get your one offensive tackle and you're good. Depth is never never a bad thing. And I think Isaiah Wilson, like, I mean, like, you're you're probably looking at Trey Pipkins on the way out in this scenario, but Isaiah Wilson's a good guy to have as your third tackle. If he's your third tackle, you're doing something right. And so uh, Austin Jackson, I think he's more of a traditional left tackle. So that's a great pick there. So you'd have him opposite and Isaiah Wilson would just be groomed behind Brian Bulaga, which I'll take that dude. I'll take, I take, yeah, I'll take Isaiah Wilson learning from behind Brian Bulaga. That's great. Uh, Zach Moss in the fourth round. That's great value. I think, I think he can be a great, great, great compliment to Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler. I think he's actually really close to Justin Jackson. They both have great balance, balance and vision. So interesting pick there. Devin DuVernay. I would be okay with Devin DuVernay in the second round. So if you're talking about yeah. him being a fifth-round guy, that's a home run pick. Good job. Absolutely. Uh, and then Lamar Jackson in the sixth. Lamar Jackson is a long corner, lots of length, um, not a lot of short area athleticism. I think if you're talking about a man coverage scheme where you're asking him to press all the time, I think he's a good pick. In this case, I don't like it. I don't like the fit there. And then TJ Brunson at linebacker. I don't know enough about him, but I do know some people who are higher on him than I am. So I'll say that's a good one. I'd give this one a solid B though, just because I like that you doubled down an offensive tackle, but I don't think it's a huge need to do so. I would rather you grab an interior offensive line if you're going to do that. Like If you're going to double down on an offensive line, I think Austin Jackson and a guy like Robert Hunt or Ben Barch, who I think Ben Barch could move to guard, like... I think I think that's a I think that would have been better off than going with Isaiah Wilson. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the doubling down on the offensive line, but I think if you're going to grab a second tackle, you you know you mentioned Ben Barch, but a, Hakeem Adenji is another guy, or Yasir Durant, someone that can uh, bring a little more versatility to what you're doubling down into. So I think you know if you have your four tackles as Trey Pipkins, Austin Jackson, Brian Bulaga, and Isaiah Wilson, that is a massive massive upgrade from what the Chargers tackle situation has been in the past so I really like that um, obviously I really like Tua and Zach Moss I love Zach Moss as a person as a football player he's just an amazing human being and he's one of my favorite Utah Utes of all time so I love that 
Um, and also like Jason, like Devin Duvernay, I would, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on him in the second round. I think he's the perfect fit. He's very productive and getting him in the fifth round. That'd be a steal. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think that you can draft him, but then you have to start Mike Davis because I think Lamar, Lamar Jackson, uh, needs some time to develop, you know, he needs some NFL coaching to take advantage of his length and natural athleticism. He's not a guy that can come in and start right away. So um, I like him as a developmental corner. I don't really like him as a starter. So I'll give this a B plus. I think it's really good in some areas, but I don't love the Lamar Jackson pick and I don't love, um, I like the Isaiah Wilson pick, but I don't love it. So I'll give it a B plus. All right, thanks, Trevor. Solid job. Next one up is from Alex, and this is his Bolt Beat mock draft. I know Bolt Beat. Anyway, first he picks <laughs> Jordan Love as that pick number six in the first round. Austin A plus, Jackson, move on. Let's go. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Bryce Hall in the third round. Chase Claypool, wide receiver, and the fourth. Shaquille Quarterman, linebacker, in the fifth round. Running back Michael Pirine in the sixth, and tight end Jacob Breland in the seventh. What do you guys think? I'll start off with this one. Uh, so Jordan Love, everybody knows that's like the weak spot for me. If you get Jordan Love, I'm about it. Let's go. Cause that's my QB one. So I love it there. Um, Austin Jackson. I love it. Bryce Hall. I love it. Your first three picks are like, you hit it out of the park. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Um, Chase Claypool. I like him. I don't know. This, he's tricky. I like him, but I don't know if he's going to be good. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I like I like the player. I don't think I don't know if he's going to be a good player. So we'll see with him. I, I I'm a little back and forth on that one. I kind of like it. I like the speed he shows at his size. I think if he cuts some weight and gets a little more speed, you could be looking at like you could be looking at a really good receiver. So we'll see. Shaquille Quarterman. We've talked about him being basically a Denzel Perryman clone. So that would be interesting to bring him in and just let Denzel Perryman walk. Um, I preferably would like a linebacker with more coverage ability but quarterman is not bad in the fifth round i, I would love that uh lamichael p ryan sure sure i'm not, i'm okay with it i still don't think running back is all that big of a need and the value there is about where you'd expect it to be so i'm not wowed by it whereas earlier with edwards hilaire and zach moss it was like their their value was yeah. way higher than where Good they value. were picked yep. so i was okay with it so lamichael p ryan meh jacob breland Sure, sure. I'm I'm not sold on him, but in the seventh round, that's that's a good that's a good fit for him. That's a good place for him. So as far as Chase Claypool goes, you know, I'm just gonna jump around for because we both of us really love the first three rounds here. Um, I think Chase Claypool actually has an insane upside if he bulks up and switches to tight end, like that rumor that came out uh, during the comment that he was testing to play tight end, like. I think he would be an insanely talented tight end as a receiver. I, he has really good body control. Like he makes great catches. He's really good at toe tapping already. Um, I don't love him as a receiver. I don't think he separates very well. I don't think he can run many routes. I think he's almost exclusively like a vertical post route guy. Um, so I think if you switch him to tight, to tight end, I would love that. Um, Shaquille Quarterman, I really like him. You know, he's more of a Denzel Perryman replacement, which you know I'm okay with because Denzel Perryman probably is off the team after this upcoming season. Um, I like Lamichael Pirine, but I just think that's a little bit redundant with Austin Eckler because I think that he's more of a receiving back. I don't think that he really is a between-the-tackles traditional running back. And then Jacob Breland, 
if the Chargers take uh, Justin Herbert at six, I want them to take Jacob Breland just because Justin Herbert is so familiar and comfortable with him. But that's really the only situation where I want Breland. I don't think that Breland offers much upside outside of the fact of that he has that familiarity with Justin Herbert. Plus, he's been injured most of, most of his career. So if you're taking a tight end in the seventh round, um, I would mu- I would much rather have Charlie Tamway Payu or Cheyenne O'Grady, someone that offers you a little more upside and versatility. So um, I don't hate this draft, but I don't really like it either outside of the first three rounds. So I'll give it a B minus. Well, the first three rounds are so good that I can kind of I can give it like a B plus, but um, after that it was a little there's a, a little reachy. It's a little reachy, I think is the best word for it. Even Shaquille Quarterman in the fifth is a, eh, for a run stopper, and that's about it. Where you already have Drew Tranquil and Nick Vigil on passing down, so he'd be like a rotational piece. I think you could do better, but I don't I don't mind it. It's it's just a little underwhelming i guess in the last four rounds but i'm not mad at it i think they're solid picks i think they're like the first three rounds i would say are a territory and then the last four are probably like c territory so yeah it's probably it's probably like a b b minus is where i'd give it the next one is from brian and brian gives us an interesting one he says thomas is the best left tackle in this draft day one starter and pipkins can continue learning so he takes thomas at six jordan love at 37 cameron dancer at 71 A.J. Dillon running back, 112. Devin Duvernay, 151. Jawan Jennings, wide receiver, 186. And Trayvon Hill, edge at 220. What do you guys think? Uh, so first, shout-out to Brian. He's one of our most loyal followers, first of all. So shout-out, Brian. Um, I do like Andrew Thomas. I don't think he's the best left tackle in this draft. Um, I think that would be Becton. Um, so if you're going offensive line at six, I think you're taking Becton or Jedrick Wills or Tristan Wirfs. I think I have Andrew Thomas a little bit lower than them. Um, but I, I don't hate it. I, I like taking your offensive tackle to the future at six and your quarterback at 37. Um, Cameron Dantzler, I liked him. I rated him really high on his film, and then he went out and ran a 4.7, so I had to lower him significantly right. because a corner at a 4.7 is really just, like, awful. I do like A.J. Dillon. I think he's a complimentary third, uh, third running back that I would like. I just think in the fourth round is a bit of a reach for me. So if you flip-flopped A.J. Dillon and Devin DuVernay, I think that would be okay uh, because then you have Devin DuVernay and Juwan Jennings, who I really like as well. And then Trevon Hill, I think he's a really interesting edge rusher project that the Chargers could develop. So I really like this draft um, outside of the Cameron Dantzler pick, so I'll give it a B plus. I'm kind of okay with Dantzler just because it's a third-round guy, whereas a lot of people thought he was going to be a first-round guy, but I'm okay with it, but I'm not high on it. Because I've already told you before, I'm not a very big fan of Cameron Dantzler. Yeah. So I thought, like, watching his film, I was really impressed, especially with how he played against Alabama. Um, but a 4-7 corner, that's just, that's bad. So Andrew Thomas, I actually like him a little more than Steven does. I think he's the smartest. And outside of Worfs, he's the quickest offensive tackle in this class. So he gets to that second level so smooth. And so... In terms of IQ and awareness, general awareness of the, what's going on around him, Andrew Thomas is so good. So I'd be 100% okay with that. I love it. Jordan Love, I already said I love that. I'm not okay with A.J. Dillon in the fourth round. I'm not okay with A.J. Dillon in the seventh round. I'm just not a fan of I know everybody loves him. I'm not a fan of him. I think he'll be okay. Um, but it's just the power backs are not where this offense is going. It's not. I know everybody wants a power back to, quote-unquote, complement Jackson and Eckler. 
that's not where this offense is going. They don't want to. They don't want a power back, and they shouldn't spend any draft capital on the power back. If they go and find one undrafted or just in free agency, that's fine. I don't know about drafting one though. Juwan Jennings, I'm not high on him at all. I don't. I think his best trait is his vertical receiving. I think he has great ball skills, but he just doesn't have the speed or the the athleticism. I think to take advantage of it. So. It'll be interesting to watch him. I think he's close to, you know, he actually reminds me of Gary Jennings, funny enough. So we'll we'll see with him. But I'm just not a big fan of it. And then we've already talked about Devin DuVernay. I, I love Devin DuVernay. So I like this draft. It's, it's not bad. All right, cool. Next up is Daniel. And Daniel, not, no real curveballs here at 6. Tua at 37, Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle. Then Bryce Hall. Devin DuVernay, A.J. Dillon, and then he trades up in the sixth round for Harrison Bryant, tight end. So I'm glad you're spending money on your pro football, whatever this is, the Draft Network subscription to trade up in the sixth round. So I'm glad you're putting that to good use. So what do you guys think? (laughs) Tyler, shots fired. (laughs) Anyways, you traded up for a tight end. Let's go. A plus. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. At least it was Harrison Bryant. Yeah, so Tua, great. Ezra, I love it. I love Ezra Cleveland. Very athletic guy. So um, in the second round, I'm okay with it. I know some people think that's a reach. I I learned that the other day. So apparently it's a reach. I don't think so. I think you could even make a case that he'll go at 31 or 32 at the end of the first round. So I could see it. um, Bryce Hall. If Bryce, I've said, I'll say this again, Bryce Hall or Devin DuVernay, if you get them third and fourth round, I think both of those guys are worth a second round pick. So you go get them, you win. And then AJ Dillon, meh, Harrison Bryant, sure. Yeah, I agree with Jason. You know, Tua, Ezra, Bryce Hall, Devin DuVernay, that's that's as perfect as the four rounds as you're going to get, And I, in my opinion. Um, I really love all those guys. I think Ezra Cleveland, like Jason is saying, um with how he tested at the combine if he was a first round pick i would not be surprised at all and especially with how the offensive tackle position is in this particular draft i think you're going to see a run on offensive tackles and a lot of people are going to move up the board because of that um aj Dillon again don't really love that harrison bryant i really like harrison bryant the trade-up to get him is a little a little odd but i like him and i think he would be a great fit so um, i'll give this a b plus Right on. Next up is from Anthony, and he goes Simmons and then Rager, wide receiver at 37, Austin Jackson 71, Lekai Fotu, interior defensive lineman at 112, Lamar Jackson 151, Joshua Kelly 186, and Tyler Huntley at 220. Let's go. Love that Tyler Huntley pick, because um, especially that means that they're going all in on Tyrod Taylor, and I think Tyler Huntley um, would be a really good uh, future project quarterback to take there. Um, Austin Jackson at 71 would be insane value. So I like that you took him there. You know, I, I think that doesn't happen, but I like it. Um, Jalen Rieger is a guy, that we, this is the only time that we've seen him so far. So, you know, might as well talk about him a little bit more. I think he fits really well. The Chargers need, I think he's a little bit more, uh, Travis Benjamin from a skill set than Tyra Williams. I think he's more just speed down the field. So I, I like the fit. I'm not crazy about him. I think you know if it was a third round, I would I would kind of flop those two and be happy. And then it's Lecky Fotu interior off defensive line from Utah, so he must know that I went to Utah because he took two Utah guys. So I love <laughs> it. Um, and then Lamar Jackson, Joshua Kelly. Again, I don't love Lamar Jackson. If you're taking a cornerback in round five, there are probably better ones like Harrison Hand that could actually come in and compete for a starting spot. I think Lamar Jackson is a project 
and then Joshua Kelly I really like and Tyler Huntley I really like so I'll give this a a minus so I've talked about the Isaiah Simmons thing enough so far so I'll just skip over that uh Jalen Rager I still really like him despite his 40 so I love that pick I mean he's still a playmaker guys I know he doesn't have the 4-2 speed that everybody thought he was but on tape he still burns corners man he still goes by them like he's it's like he's running a 4-2, so I don't care. Go get Jalen Rager. You're fine. I know people overreact a little bit because they think, oh, he's not as fast as they, as we thought. He's as fast as you think, okay? He's fast. Um, Austin Jackson, great value. Lecky Fotu, I think you're just kissing up to Steven at this point. Um, <laughs> Which I love, so good job. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Josh Kelly, I'm meh. Meh. They're, they're okay. And uh, Tyler Huntley. Look, the reason, Anthony, that I like this draft is because you're going all in on Tyrod Taylor, and I love it. I yeah. love it. Go all in on Tyrod Taylor, and you, that's another that's getting on my sweet side, too. I know I've said Jordan Love is the way to my heart. So is Tyrod Taylor, okay? I love both of those players. So I like this draft. Cool. Next one from Brennan. Tua, Austin Jackson, Bryce Hall. We'll see that a lot, I think. Lynn Bowden, wide receiver, David Woodward. He said he picked David Woodward, but he meant to pick Quarterman. And then Juwan Jennings, and then Charlie Tomopo at tight end, two twenty. So, again, we've talked about Tua, Austin Jackson, Bryce Hall. That's a great three. We've seen that so much too. We've seen that's that. Like, really that's common, a recurring yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, I've seen that on a lot of other teams' draft boards too, though. So you got to be careful. Um, I know you guys love these prospects. The chance that they're there, we'll see. But it's nice being able to dra- draft at the top of the round. So. This is what's so nice about it is you get these guys where you think you value them. And then Lynn Bowden, I don't think we talked about him yet. Uh, I love it. I love it here. He's a he's a really good speedy receiver, very versatile, a good gadget player. So you're getting that deep threat and you're getting that underneath threat too. So you're you're getting a very good receiver that's just going to make plays. He's just going to make plays, and I love it. Um, David Woodward, uh, I know you meant to pick Quarterman, but I'm just going to go with Woodward here because I think he's better. I've talked about Quarterman, and I like Woodward. I like Woodward's IQ. And, you know, draft David Woodward and build the, the, the white linebacker trio. Let's do it. <laughs> and then you have Kaiser White. <laughs> so it's the white quartet. Wow. And then you got Juwan Jennings. I'm, I'm not the highest on Juwan Jennings. But uh, then you got Charlie Taumoypeyu. Taumoypeyu. Tomoy Payu. There you go. So it's somebody else kissing up to Steven. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, really, I'm going to talk about Lynn Bowden here because I think that's a great fit. You know, you look at what the 49ers were able to do with their offense with Debo Samuel and, and have that kind of gadget role player that can also be a really good receiver. I think that opens up so much on your offense. Um, so I love that pick in the fourth round. Um, that's really good value. Bryce Hall is great value again. Um I like Quarterman. I have Quarterman as a better player right now, but I do think David Woodward would be a much better fit. Um, I like Jawan Jennings more than Jason does. I think in this instance, because you're taking Lynn Bowden, you can afford to take a 50-50 contested catch guy and hope he develops later on. And then Charlie Tomopeo, that's just a a dart throw, honestly. I I have him graded high, but that's just because the the tight end class isn't very good. But I do think Tomopeo has the most upside of the later round tight ends, so... You know, in this instance, you have Tamapeo, you have Parham, and you have hopefully you can get one of those guys to develop into a very good tight end down the line. So um, I'll give this an A. I actually really like this draft a lot. 
All right, next up, dude. Okay, listen. My last name, I say my last name with S C H, like a sh. I'm gonna go on a limb. Is your first name Skyler? Is it Skyler Hobson? Am I totally wrong? Anyway, if if it's not Skyler, I apologize, Mr. Hobson. Anyway, he <laughs> takes. He's. <laughs> Uh, he says Simmons, Tua, and Akuda were drafted by the sixth pick, so he traded back with the Dolphins for 18, 26, and 56, but he never addressed the wide receiver three. So let's let's talk about it. He takes Jordan Love at 18, Patrick Queen, 26, Josh Jones, 37, J.K. Dobbins, 56, Noah Igbone, whatever, uh, corner <laughs> out of Auburn, 151, Thaddeus Moss, 186, Neville Clark, and 220, Rodney Clemens. This one's interesting, and this is more like, I don't know, go for it. Just whatever so... you guys talk. Jordan so trading back for Jordan Love obviously that's a good move if you think Jordan Love is going to be available at 18 he might be he might not be at that range you're risking that the Patriots are going to trade up the Colts are going to trade up so it could get a little risky there you're talking about Jordan Love is probably going to get taken in the early teens because teams will trade up for him I know the Patriots love him and the Colts love him so it's going to be interesting there um patrick queen at 26 love it that's perfect just if you can trade back and get love and queen you're you're sitting pretty yeah so josh jones at 37 is a little risky very toolsy player but he needs a lot of development i think i think he's closer to pipkins than people think so you're basically drafting another pipkins i think i think jones has a little more upside than pipkins though or a moderate amount of more upside and then J.K. Dobbins in the fourth. I wouldn't be mad. Honestly, that's a steal. So good job. Uh, Noah I out of Auburn is um, <laughs> he's a very, very athletic corner. I think he just needs a lot of technical refinement. And he, I, if I remember right, he hasn't started at corner for a lot of years. Um, if yeah, I remember I think he right. Was a, I think he was a former receiver. Got you. So, I mean – if he's a guy that you can develop, and I think developing into the cover three scheme is a lot easier than developing into like a man scheme or somebody like a three four like the Broncos. So if you're going to get a development corner, the cover three is the place to do it with Gus Bradley. So I'm not mad at that pick. I just I'm not as high on him because he does need a lot of technical refinement. Thaddeus Moss, we talked about him, and I'm not sure who Navelle Clark and Rodney Clemens are, but I'm gonna figure it out because now I'm intrigued. Yeah, we'll have to do some more film study on those two because I don't know who they are either. Um, but this scenario that he brings up is really interesting because I think you know you, you have this scenario where Simmons, Tua, and Okuda are all drafted by six. I think that's pretty realistic. Um, so trading back here to get Love and Patrick Queen, I love that idea. Um, I don't know if the Dolphins would g- give up 18 and 26, but maybe you, at this point you can convince the Raiders or maybe even the 49ers who have multiple first-round picks or, or the Vikings – um, but if you have Simmons, Tua, and Okuda off the board at six, I love the idea of trading back and, and collecting up some more picks, um, especially if you can get Love and Patrick Queen. I think Patrick Queen, if you're picturing like the perfect Chargers linebacker right now and what they want to do, I think that's Patrick Queen. I love this fit. Um, Josh Jones, Jason mentioned him. At first when I watched him, I thought I, you know, I really liked him. I thought he played really well in big games. Um, but those other games that weren't, you know, against Oklahoma, I thought he really struggled and it just looked like his technique and effort wasn't the most consistent. And maybe that's just because of his, his coaching or because of the lack of good coaching, you know, it's kind of a mess down there. I don't really know. Um, but again, this is similar to the Prince Tega Wanoga. You have a guy that is very similar to the level of Trey Pipkins right now. So you have a true competition going on. 
you could really just hone in on whoever you think is the best player and go from there. J.K. Dobbins in the fourth, I think that's great value. You know, this is very similar to taking Clyde Edwards Alaire. I think J.K. Dobbins would be a great fit. And in the fourth round, that's really good value. Um, I'm not even going to try and say Noah's last name. Can't even pronounce that at all. Um, but I really like to pick. And then, again, you have Thaddeus Moss, Nivelle Clark, and Ronnie Clemens. So I, I would definitely have to do more work on those last two. But I'll give this draft an A because you're trading back. You get Jordan Love, Patrick Queen, Josh Jones, J.K. Dobbins, and Noah. I like That's a great first five picks. That's awesome. So I'm going to go out. I'm gonna I'm gonna sh- sh- I'm gonna go out and on the limit here and try to pronounce his name. <laughs> Igbino Yene, is that right? Igbino. Igbino. I would Yene? say it's like Igbinohin or like Igbono Igbinohin. He's gonna get drafted by the Chargers, and you know we're gonna have to figure it out too. Yeah, just like <laughs> it took us forever him. to get say he as Jerry Tutu or whatever it was. <laughs> um, is this draft saying that the Dolphins took Tua at five and then traded two first and a second to take a pillar at six? Like, can they just take him at five? Hmm. So I don't know why they uh, probably what happens is that the Dolphins in this scenario ended up, would end up with probably Tua and then like Tristan Wirfs or something like that. That'd be, that'd be a good move by them. Honestly, that'd be a good move to pair Tristan Wirfs up with Tua. But yeah, I like it. Nice. All right, next one up is from Kyle. Kyle's got Tua, Josh Jones, then Donovan Peoples Jones, wide receiver in the third round. Troy Die, linebacker in the fourth. Then he trades up. He gives up his fifth this Whoa. year and next year. For, I know, right? For Ben Bredesen and then Jos- I'm gonna say Josiah Scott, corner from Michigan State, and then DJ Dallas at 220. I like this. You know, I think of the trade up and to get Ben Bredesen, you know, it's a little unique. But if you're gonna double down, I would like someone that can be versatile and play center guard, maybe a little tackle. But uh, I like Ben Bredesen a lot, so I really like the creativity there. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones is someone I want to talk about here because I think he really is being slept on by Chargers fan as, as his mm-hmm. fit for the team, especially if you get him in the third round. Like that's really good value. Um, he was really hurt by Shea Patterson. Like, I don't think people really understand how bad Shea Patterson was and oh, how God, inaccurate awful. he is. Like you watch Shea Patterson play and you're like, wow, he's a really good in the pocket. He's got great mobility. And then you watch him throw it, and you're like, your hands go up in there. You're just mad because he's so inaccurate. Um, but Donovan Peoples-Jones tested as well as anyone at the Combine. And you talk about someone that could be versatile. He can do – He he's a return man. He was great in screens. He's a great vertical threat. I love the idea of adding Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then moving on to the next round, Troy Dye, we both really like. And Josiah Scott, I haven't watched a ton of him, but I've heard good things. Uh, Bucky Brooks really likes him, for example. And then DJ Dallas in the seventh round, I think that's good value for a running back. Um, I think DJ Dallas is more of a bruising type back, so he could be a compliment there. Um, I think in this situation, I would rather have Jason's guy, Reggie Corbin from Illinois, because I think Reggie Corbin can do a little bit more than just be a in-between-the-tackles bruiser. Um, but I love this draft, so I'm going to give it an A. So Kyle Hunter, great job. So... I'm just going to talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones and DJ Dallas here because I'm not very familiar with Josiah Scott. And so Donovan Peoples-Jones is a great separator. His technique does not get enough praise. And I think he's faster than a lot of people think on game tape. I think I love his tape. I love his play speed. Um, And man, that guy can make some freak catches. Yeah. You're talking about some insane catches like, I might be wrong here, 
but when I watch him, he reminds me of Odell Beckham. So that might be a little, that might be a lot way too rich, but uh, that's just, that's just who I'm reminded of when I watch DPJ. So DJ Dallas is up next. DJ Dallas, sorry, DJ Dallas is one of my favorite guys to watch and like evaluate because in his first couple of years in Miami, you're talking about a scat back, a very elusive guy, a very fast guy, a returner type player, somebody who would probably project to be more of a receiving back. And then this last offseason, he added a lot of weight and added a lot of mass. And then all of a sudden, he was more of a bruising guy. And I don't know why he chose to go that route. I liked him more as an elusive guy, but it showed that he was able to be versatile and he was able to change up his game and gain more experience in different areas. So I'm okay with it. I like DJ Dallas there. I think he's a very versatile back. And um, I do like Reggie Corbin's lateral ability a lot more than DJ Dallas. And I think Reggie Corbin fits more what the Chargers like, which is that momentum buildup and that elusiveness. Whereas DJ Dallas is more of like a, he's more of like a a CJ Henderson or like a, what's his name? David Montgomery. So DJ Dallas is an interesting back. I like him, but yeah, I'd probably go with Reggie Corbin there, but I'm not mad at it. I give this a B plus. I'd give this draft a B plus, A minus. Right on. Okay, next up is from Devin. He says, all right, this one's a bit different. Top picks at six were either offensive tackle or Herbert slash Love. Instead, he traded with Jacksonville, the sixth and 37th pick for their ninth and 20th pick. Uh, Some offensive tackles went, but he went with Judy and Love at 20. So Judy at nine, Love at 20. And then Dobbins fell into the third. It was in between him and Troy Pride. And then some more linebacker depth in the fifth and sixth and a solid project offensive tackle in the seventh. So it plays out as Judy and Love in the first or in the first round, then Dobbins Hall, Davion Taylor, outside linebacker in the fifth, Evan Weaver in the sixth, and Yasir Durant in the seventh. So I'm not as high on Jerry Judy as a lot of people are. I think he's a great receiver, though. So this is interesting. Jerry Judy is so tempting because he's a deadly slot receiver. Yeah. Like deadly. So it's going to allow Keenan Allen to move around more because Jerry Judy can absolutely play outside. But now you're kind of stuck. Do you pay Mike Williams? Do you pay Keenan Allen? Because now you have Jerry Judy. So this is interesting. Uh, I need to think about this one for a while, and I just don't have the time. We don't have the time to do that, but I'm going to like it. I'm, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I... Jerry Judy in the first, you're building a insane offense. And then Yasir Durant in the, in the seventh. I actually like Yasir Durant a lot, like a lot, a lot. I know we've talked about him before. Um, I would be hyped to see Yasir Durant because I think Yasir Durant is a day one starter. I think he's really good. I like Durant as well. This trade, I think I really like the idea of trading with Jacksonville in this situation. And I love the idea of giving Tyra Taylor Jerry Judy to, and then have him being able to stick with Jordan Love and just those two ride together into the future. And then J.K. Dobbins, Bryce Hall, love that. I like Davion Taylor. Um, he's a really good athlete. He was a track runner at Colorado as well. Um, but taking him in this situation is a bit of a reach. I think he's probably a seventh-round player. And then Evan Weaver, I you don't need two linebackers. I don't like that very much. Um so I, I, that's really my only my, my only issue here. Um, but I appreciate the creativity in this situation. I probably would have gone, 
with a right receiver, even maybe like Antonio Gandy Golden instead of one of these linebackers or Juwan Jennings or something like that. Um, you don't need two linebackers at this point. Taking one is fine. Um, so I'll give this a B. Cool. Moving right along to Austin. He goes, no trades here. We got Simmons, then Hamler, Ben Barch, A.J. Dillon, Neville Clark again. So you guys really got to watch that guy, I guess. Francis Bernard, and then Gage, Cervenka, interior offensive lineman in the seventh. I'm curious on... I'm curious on who this Neville Clark guy is. I, know. I have never heard of him. And this one is in the fifth round, too. So thank you guys for, for sending us this Neville Clark guy. Now we both have to we know we both have to go and watch him. Um, rounds one through three, I really like this with Simmons, KJ Hamler, Ben Barched. Um, ben Barched, I think, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes in the early second. I think Ben Barched. Or early Barched, first. Or early first. You know, that, that's totally possible too so he was a former tight end i don't think everyone really knows his story super well um he played tight end and went to st john's at tight end the fact that this man was able to go from tight end to an elite offensive tackle prospect at st john's really just kind of gives you an insight to his athleticism his work ethic and really just the kind of person he is so football like you yeah smart i think that would be a great pick in round three um again with aj Dillon. i don't don't like that at all. Um, Francis Bernard in the sixth. I think that's great value. And then Gage Cervenka. Uh, I don't really like him very much. He's Who is he? Um, I'm really struggling to remember where he's from. Um, but he's really slow on film from what I've seen. Uh, if I'm thinking of the right guy, that is. Honestly, I could be thinking of someone else. But um, I'll have to check for sure and, and get back to whoever this was. Um, Austin Xavier. But uh, I don't. I don't love this draft outside of the first three rounds, but I do love the first three rounds. So I'll give it a B. So I'll just talk about, I'll just talk about Ben Barch right here. Ben Barch is legit. So good. I don't understand why people don't think he's a, a first round pick even like I would take him in the late first round. I really like Ben Barch. He's so, so good. So athletic. And you know, I would not be surprised if the saints got him and turned him into some all pro offensive lineman like this seems like such a saints pick is ben barch because man if you give if you tell me you can have one lineman in this draft one lineman regardless of the round who you who do you who do you want i'm i'm taking ben barch he's just so so good he's probably one of my favorite prospects in this draft yep moving right along to gustavo who says or who has Tua, then Jackson, then this is interesting, a very early tight end selection at 71, Adam Troutman, then linebacker Akeem Davis-Gaither. I don't like people named Gaither if I'm a Chargers fan. Then Devin (laughs) DuVernay, Lamar Jackson, and then J.J. Taylor in the seventh. So, again, with Tua and Austin Jackson, I think that's probably the most popular one that we've seen so far. Um, Adam Troutman, I really like Adam Troutman. Um, Just in the third round, that's a bit of a reach for me as far as this tight end position goes. I think the tight end position is going to fall – um, just because of the other position classes. Um, I do like Hakeem Davis-Gaither, though. I think he is a very good modern NFL linebacker out of Appalachian State. And then again, Devin DuVernay, Lamar Jackson. You know, we've talked about them. Um, J.J. Taylor. I really like J.J. Taylor. I'm, I'm much higher on him than others are. I know Jason is as well. Um, but I think that's a really good running back room if you have Austin Eckler, uh, Justin Jackson, and J.J. Taylor. So I like this draft. I don't love it. I think Tryman's a bit of a reach in my opinion at this point. Um, But Duvernay in the fifth is great value. Lamar Jackson's a bit of a reach. So I'll give it a solid B as well. Um, But I like it. 
So Davis Gaither is more of a, a coverage backer, which we've been asking for. Like, no Evan yeah. Weaver. I'm not about it. Um, Davis Gaither is that guy to go get if you want a coverage backer. I love J.J. Taylor. I think this is great value for him. I think he's even a borderline, like, round three guy because of his receiving potential. He's really small. He's a lot smaller than I thought he was. Isn't he 5'5"? Five, five? <laughs> I think he's 5'5 five, five or 5'6 five, or something. One of those two. Like, wow, 5'5". Five, five. That's insane. And then, you know, we, lo- we love Duvernay here. So I really like this draft. I give it – Troutman's a little early, so I'll give it a B. I'll give it a B. I don't like the Troutman and Jackson picks that much. Cool. Thank you, Gustavo. The next one is – Gustavo, did you get your – wait. Is it Gustavo in Breaking Bad? We were just talking about Breaking Bad. <laughs> Gustavo is the actor in his name, yeah. Oh. What am I? Oh, Gus Fring. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, forget it. Uh, ben, don't get your face blown off. Anyway, uh, spoilers. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. Anyway. <laughs> this one's from Ben, who is finally somebody different at six. Mekhi Becton, then Jordan Love in the second, then Raekwon Davis, interior defensive lineman in the third. Zach Moss, Shaquille Quarterman, Tyree Cleveland, wide receiver in the sixth, and then Austin Mack, another wide receiver in the seventh. I'll start off here. This is kind of all over the place. This is like, uh, I like some of the players here. I don't like them on the Chargers necessarily. So Makai Becton, I'm okay with at six. Um, I actually like him a lot at six. I think he needs a lot of development. So, I mean, he would be good here, but... Not great. I liked him a lot more early on than I like him now. Um, Jordan Love, obviously, I love that pick. Raekwon Davis is interesting to me. I don't think I don't think I'm okay with an interior D line within the first four or five rounds. I just don't think I'm okay with it. Um, they have Justin Jones. They have Levin Ball Joseph. Joseph. They have Jerry Tillery. So they have great depth there already. They have three guys that can rotate and be good. So I don't think interior D-line is a huge need. Uh, Shaquille Quarterman, I just run support backers are a little sketch to me, but I like Shaquille Quarterman, so I'll give it special exception just because I like him, all right? Um, Tyree Cleveland is definitely the deep threat you're wanting here, but something about Cleveland reminds me so much of Travis Benjamin. I don't know <laughs> if it's the way he – I don't. it's just like – He's short and skinny. Short, skinny, the dreads. It's just that might be it. And uh, he kind of alligator arms some catches. I don't know. Um, I'll kind of explain it the best I can. It's when you try to try to close your hands from apart around the ball. Instead of letting the ball go into your hands, like silk smooth hands we've talked about, you, you try to trap the ball instead, which is not ideal, which I see Tyree Cleveland do a few times. So I like Cleveland, but that's... There's a lot of technical things that bug me about him, especially the way he catches the ball. It just It's Travis Benjamin. It's not great. Austin Mack, eh. I think Benjamin Victor would be a better fit there. I don't know about Austin Mack. So I'm going to give this draft, even though you got – I like the first two rounds, and I like Zach Moss in the fourth. I gave it a C. I just the Raekwon Davis, Tyree Cleveland, and Austin Mack kind of bug me because in the third round right there, you could probably get like a, a Hamler or you know a, a receiver that can make a difference here, like a Duvernay. 
and instead you go interior D-line, and then you go Tyree Cleveland and Austin Mack late, which is kind of like taking Tevin Reese and Andre Patton late, and that's not <laughs> ideal. No, I don't really like this draft either. I love Zach Moss. I love Becton, and I really like Jordan Love. Um, I will say that taking Becton at six is really tempting because he's just so physically imposing. You know, I think this offensive line class is fantastic, and I think Werfs and Wills will probably be much better right away. But if you take this draft class and move them five years from now, and if Mikai Becton is the best tackle of the class, I wouldn't be surprised because he's just so physically gifted. So I'm intrigued by taking him at six, but the rest of this draft I don't love. Um, You know, as far as taking receivers late, you have a guy like Isaiah Coulter, who we mentioned, or Jason fought for in our mock draft. You have, you know, Isaiah Hodgins late in the fifth round. You have, you know, Juwan Jennings, Benjamin Victor, John Hightower from Boise State. I think there are much better receivers that you could get late. Um, So I'm with Jason on this one. I'll give I'll give it a C plus. Cool. Next up is the draft network on crack. It has Chase Young at six. <laughs> oh, this is from Daryl, by the way. Sorry. So Chase Young at six. Justin Herbert at 37. It's actually probably the most unique draft of all of these. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bryson Hopkins in the third. Darnay Holmes corner in the fourth. Devin DuVernay. Then Patrick Taylor. And then Scott France in the seventh round. So a lot of different names. We haven't had Herbert yet, I don't think. But <laughs> I think, Herbert yeah. At 37 and Chase Young at six. Go for it. I think this is the first one with Herbert, um, which is really surprising because I feel like most Charger fans really love him. Um, Chase Young at six. I'm just going to talk about this for a second. If the Chargers could get Chase Young <laughs> to pair with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and uh, Uchenna Unwosu, that would be the best pass rushing team in the history of the NFL. Like Chase Young is so so good. Yeah, if we're looking at players in the, in this overall class, like yeah, I'm really high on Jeffrey Okuda. I'm really high on other players. Um, I was really tempted to slap an 80 on Chase Young because I think Chase Young is just the perfect modern defensive end, and I love him so much. So th- this is already with Chase Young. I'll give it an A. I don't, other five, other five <laughs> picks I don't really care about. Chase Young at six, A. So, yeah, if you get Chase Young, you win the draft. <laughs> Honestly, so you guys remember when Joey Bosa was taken with the third pick by the Chargers and it broke the mm-hmm. draft? Like the Cowboys draft room was like scrambling to figure out <laughs> yeah. what to do. And like teams, they took Zeke Elliott, which made the Jaguars scramble around not knowing what to do. So they took, it just kind of spiraled out of control. That's what I think would happen if the Redskins passed on Chase Young. Oh, agreed. If the Redskins 100%. passed on Chase mm-hmm. Young, the NFL would break. <laughs> the NFL would just implode itself because then you're talking about the lions they're not going to trade down they're going to take chase young yeah and so now okuda is going to fall or isaiah simmons is going to fall then you've got quarterbacks are going to fall i'm assuming that if the redskins passed on chase young they're taking tua yeah that's what i was that's been the rumor so it would just break everything like what would miami do if if tua went to the redskins and they passed on the redskins had passed on chase young what would that would just I would be trade up, man. You got that many picks? Go get Chase Young. You're like he's right there. I mean, it's... yeah. Well, the red the Lions aren't going to give that up. It just break everything. No, not at all. No, if, if the Lions took uh, Tua, no, no. What am I talking about? If the, the Redskins, Redskins if the Redskins took Tua, I assume it would go Chase Young at three, and then the yeah. probably Isaiah Simmons at four, an offensive tackle at four to the Giants, and then you know Jeffrey Okuda sitting there at six. And Derek Brown sitting there, or sitting there at five, and Derek Brown sitting there at five. Like, 
yeah, taking Chase Young at three really would change everything from the Lions on down. So it's breaking my brain. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> Thanks, Daryl. But honestly, the the rest of the draft is okay. I don't love Bryson Hopkins. Um, taking in a tight end in the third, I'm just kind of out on. Uh, Darnay like Holmes, Holmes is a nickel. Darnay Holmes is a nickel cornerback, I think. So I don't really love yeah. that either. Um, Duvernay, great. Patrick Taylor, meh. And then Scott France, I honestly like don't even know who that is. Yeah, I'm going to have to look him up. I'm not sure who that is either. Cool. Well, thank you for that one. Then next up is John. Oh, God, more stuff. Okay. He traded with the Las Vegas Raiders. God, I almost butchered that. So weird. Yeah, so they could probably what LVR is. Yeah. Um, so they could get Lamb. They could probably just stay there and get Lamb. But anyway, <laughs> they traded uh, – God. The Chargers traded the 6th and the 37th for the 12th, 19th, and 80th pick. They don't have a second, so I included one of their three-thirds and our second. But I think both teams would be happy. Took an elite wide receiver at 12, QB at 19, and added some left tackle competition for Pipkins and stud running back with our extra third. So here it is. Okay, they got Ruggs at 12, Love at 19. And then in the third round, they go Barch and Zach Moss. And then from there, it's Michael OJ Mudia, David Woodward, Gage Ravenka, and Charlie Tomopo. Uh, what do you guys think? I love it. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. There's so many there's so many players that fit what the Chargers need and what they do. Um, Henry Ruggs, I'm not as high. I know there's some people that say he's a wide receiver one. I don't see it. I think he struggles with way too many things. I don't think he's that good of a route runner or a separator um, with refinement, like with his technique. In terms of speed, of course he separates. Like he's fast as heck. But I think I've mentioned this before. I liked John Ross as a prospect more than I like Henry Ruggs as a prospect. John Ross, unfortunately, has gone through injuries. He's shown when healthy that he can do it um, in recent at recent points. But and he plays for the I Bengals. Think, so yeah, and the Bengals suck. And Dalton is not a great pair for John Ross at all. Like poor John Ross. Um, then you've got Jordan Love. Now here's where it gets interesting. You have Jordan Love and Ben Barch. Ben Barch buys Jordan Love time. Jordan Love has a big arm. And then you have Henry Ruggs. Okay, so there's some fantasies going through my brain right now <laughs> of Jordan Love just chucking it 60-something yards for Henry Ruggs. Um, I love it. I love it top to bottom. I've talked about Michael Oyemudia being a really good fit in this scheme. And then Gage, Sir, Sir, I don't know who that is, but uh, you got Ben Barch earlier, so that's irrelevant to me at this point. The Gage is just depth, so... I really like it, actually. I really like this draft. It's it's calling to me. I, I love it. It's like a, it's like one of those movies where there's like the, it's just calling to them, and they can't help but like walk towards it and like love it forever. I don't know. John, right, well, Ayers, whatever you do with you, this picture after we get off the person. podcast, I don't really want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, first of all, John's another one of our most loyal followers. Him and Brian are, are really active at tweeting us, and so thank you, John, for sending us this. Um, you know, you're talking about Henry Ruggs individually. A lot of people have made the comparison of him and Tyree Kill. I don't think that Henry Ruggs has the upside that Tyree Grill, Tyreek Hill has right now. Um, Henry Ruggs, I think he's a great deep threat. And that's the thing is like with his speed and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, like his speed would open up so many options. Um, that being said, I don't think that he would be a great fit with a Tyrod Taylor led offense. I think with Jordan Love, like Jason is saying, like you have that cannon of an arm, that deep threat gunslinger mentality. I think that would work much better. 
Um, but the rest of this, I really like the draft. Obviously, you have Ben Barnes, Zach Moss, Oji Moutier, and David Woodward, I think, are really good picks. If you're picturing, like, a great first five rounds, like, this is it. So um, I'll give this an A+. A+. That's our first A+. Congratulations, John. <laughs> you win Jason's obsession with you and whatever he was just talking about. All right, the next one is from Drew. Uh, not much. I think we went over every single one of these guys, so sorry, Just It might be quick. It's Simmons, Rieger, Barch, Moss, Hodgins, Clark again, and then Gaziano, and that's it. So Man, we're, see, we're really going really to have to watch Clark. Yeah. Clark. This is the number. Who's been talking about this? This is the, this like, is the fourth time. Covers? Yeah, this is the fourth time that we've seen him, so that's And that's I've really never heard of him before. Yeah. I don't even know his name. I don't know where he comes from. What school does he go to? I want to like, say, say this is the – UCF corner or maybe USF one of the Florida schools maybe um, I have no idea who this guy is so I really want to watch him now I want to know who he is um, other than that pairing Rigor and Isaiah Hodgins together like that is just beautiful I love the idea of adding those two to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams I think that would be fantastic um, so rounds one through five I'll give it an A uh, never Clark haven't heard of you and Joe Gaziano haven't heard of him either. So we'll have to go back and look at those, but I'll give it an eight. UCF is where Neville Clark is from. Good call, Steven. Thank you. All right. Next one is from Richie. Richie gives us Tua, Austin Jackson, Cam Akers, then Akeem Davis Gaither, Lamar Jackson, Tyree Cleveland, and Jacob Breland. Yeah. So the first two rounds are great. Um, Round four is good. I like Davis Gaithrum from App State. Again, I don't really like taking Cam Akers in, at 71. I like him individually. I think he's really underrated. Um, don't like Lamar Jackson very much. Don't like Tyree Cleveland very much. And again, the only reason I would take Jacob Breeland is if they also take Justin Herbert. Um, so I'll give this a B minus. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's not. It's not the. It's not the flashiest, but it's solid. I think Cam Akers is a little rich there. I'd give it a C plus C. I just, I'll end it on a C. I think. All right, next one is from Brady. Brady, I don't know if I cropped your picture wrong or what, but I only have you through six picks. It's Francis but, Bernard is his last pick. Yeah, but I mean the two twenty six pick. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. So anyway, he's got Okuda, then Love, Isaiah Wilson, Courtney Davis, Harrison Bryant, and Francis Bernard. If you had a seventh round pick, sorry, but I don't know how that happened. So Okuda at six, like if this happens, I will be thrilled. Um, you know, we've talked about a bunch of different scenarios where this is possible. Um, Jordan Love at 37, that would be great value. I just don't think it would happen. And then Isaiah Wilson in the third round, I think that is very good value for him. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes earlier. Um, this is the first time we're seeing Courtney Davis, though, so I want to talk about him. Love him. I really like Courtney Davis. I think you know I, I was uh, previously a lot higher on his quarterback situation than I am now after going back and watching Courtney Davis a lot more. Um, but Courtney Davis, I think you know if you're talking about a guy that would be really good to add in the fifth round as a compliment to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I think that's him. You know, he's a great slant runner. He's a great um, he's a great over the middle at any route over the middle. He's very good. He can play in the slot. He can play out wide. He's got great body control. So Courtney Davis, I think, is really being slept on as how he would fit with the Chargers. Yeah, I asked um, Brad Kelly a while ago, who it does so much work on receivers. I asked him who would be the best fit for the Chargers. And he actually, Courtney Davis was one of the names he gave me. And so Courtney Davis is just 
he needs a little time to develop, I think, but that's why the Chargers are so perfect for him. You're letting him be that wide receiver three and just let him develop over the course of the season as he starts next to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. He has fantastic feet. His feet are so fast. And so I think there's a lot of potential there. And as Steven was saying, we talked about him a while ago on the receivers podcast, any outbreaking route, he struggles to get separation. And I think that's just due to the power of his route stems. It's not, it's not, I would say it's not quick enough. There's not enough burst there all the time, but man, those feet are lightning fast. And if you, you have him on an in-breaking route, he's gone. So I love him on the post, on a, on a dig, on a slant, drag, any crossing type route is going to be really good for him. I think uh, you'd see him used in a similar way to Tyra Williams. So I really like that. And it's just a really solid draft overall. I actually give this one an A minus. I really like every single pick here. There's no pick I, I hate. And obviously we only got six, but thanks, Tyler. T- thanks, Tyler. So <laughs> Hey now. Hey, it might, it might only be six. I don't know. Maybe he just uh he quit. He liked Jordan Love and was like, Oh, that's good enough for Jason. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great draft though. I like it a lot. All right, next up is Derek Radcliffe, whose brother's a wizard. At six, he's got... I was going to say that. Oh, I beat you to it. Sorry. That's why I get to host, and you all get to talk after me. All right, I get Isaiah Simmons. Herbert at 37. Oh, man. Fritz Tega at 71. Antonio Gibson, love him at 112. Harrison Hand, 151. Colby Parkinson, tight end. Kalijah Lipscomb, wide receiver at 220. That's our last draft. I'm so happy we made it. All right, go for it. So... Um, you know, you talk about Simmons and Herbert. We've talked about them a bunch. Herbert at 37, like, obviously you had to take him in this mock draft scenario. Um, I can see it. I can see him being at 37, actually. I can see him being at 37 more than I can see Love being at 37. That might be a weird weird thing to say because everybody assumes Love is awful and that Justin Herbert is so good. Look, guys, I'm just going to say, based off of what I've seen and what I've heard from people and, like, what – from not just from random people either like what i've heard from people like i really trust justin herbert has a higher chance of falling than jordan love that's just that's how i feel honestly i wouldn't be surprised i think a 37 probably is a little much i think if the patriots are sitting there at 23 and justin herbert's there i think they would have a hard time passing that up right um but then you look at the third fourth and fifth round right here with prince take one ogre who we already talked about Antonio Gibson mm-hmm. and Harrison Hand. I think that is a very, very, very good. So, you know, you talk about Antonio Gibson here at pick 112. Um, I really like this upside. He can play receiver. He can play running back. Uh, he is listed as a running back, but I like him a lot more as a receiver personally. Um, but, again, you talk about a Debo Samuel-type role where he can take the ball on jet sweeps, reverses, put him in the backfield, and he can run almost every single route. I think this is, would be a slam-dunk pick. And then Harrison Hand is a guy that both of us really like in the fifth round. That's great value uh, for a potential starting corner. And honestly, he's an immediate upgrade over Mike Davis. So I think that's a good pick. Um, Colby Parkinson, I think he's a good blocker. I don't think he's honestly very well-rounded as a tight end. He's more of just like a run down the middle and post up tight end. So I don't love that pick. And Kalijah Lipscomb as a seventh-round receiver, I don't hate it. It's not Tyree Cleveland. It's not Austin Mack, but... I uh, don't love it either. So I'll give this, I because I like the middle round so much, I'll give this an A. So Steven talked more about Antonio Gibson, so I'll talk more about Harrison Hand here. Harrison Hand is a very instinctual player, very high IQ, and he's a very versatile player. I like his ability to play both man and zone. I think he plays zone far better, though. Really like Harrison Hand. He's out of temple. And so 
I really like these middle rounds, as Steven was saying. You got one, uh, Tega Wanogo, uh, Gibson, Hand, and then even Justin Herbert is taken somewhere in between, like somewhere in the middle there. So I, I've i said I'm not very high on Justin Herbert, but I've also said if they traded back into the first for Justin Herbert and took him at a good value, I would be okay with it. So anywhere from like late first to early second is a good spot for Herbert. I just, I'm not going to repeat, like I'm not going to beat a dead horse here about the Isaiah Simmons thing, but I just want everybody to understand here as we're, as we're about to end this, that Desmond King is the versatile chess piece now. He is the Adrian Phillips. Everybody's still talking about Isaiah Simmons coming and playing the Adrian Phillips role. That role is now taken. The role is taken by Desmond King. So I, I don't like Isaiah Simmons as a pure linebacker. So if we're talking about Isaiah Simmons now, he's not as intriguing to me anymore so that's just something i wanted to end this on i just i just want people to know that and understand that is that isaiah simmons is not going to be as as coveted by the chargers i think now that desmond king has filled that role ah guys we made it i think that was 23 mock drafts because someone had two it's like 160 something names if we got seven for drafts so (laughs) i mean you guys i'm really impressed honestly this is like a spark notes cliff notes version of you know our draft coverage you guys had to go through every i know you didn't know some of these guys but you know 95 percent of them you knew it's pretty impressive guys so i appreciate you guys putting all that hard work i appreciate you listeners for putting in all that work and sending us your mock drafts it was actually pretty cool to see what you guys were interested in i had no idea who neville i already forgot his name but whatever clark neville clark yeah i gotta figure out who that is so i appreciate you guys sending that in um we're done i'm not gonna stick around any longer so guys uh jason again i'll start with you so i don't forget this time where can we find you on twitter you can find me at centauri 13 on twitter at gac podcast 17 on instagram and just so it's clear because a little people some people have doubted me it's still hashtag love at six (laughs) always that's that's jason's guy um so yeah the fact that we were able to run through this is pretty awesome thank you guys so much for um tweeting all of this all of these mock drafts at us we'll try and get to some of the other ones on twitter i'll try and respond to them um so i handle gac podcast 17 on twitter and steven i hagland is my personal account we've been talking for almost an hour and 50 minutes now Jeez. anyway uh thank you guys again we passed 10,000 downloads in the month of march already which is awesome momentum heading into the draft this is tyler you can find me at tyler j shoon and we'll see you next time. Bye. Brian <laughs> This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.